0: Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. Okay, so um, our uh, last Brahma-Vihara session and our our last Brahma-Vihara today, equanimity, and first I just want to say a bit about uh the Brahma Vihara practices uh just in the group that I was I was in it was so beautiful uh one person after another it seemed having just a, a deep appreciation for uh for the power of the the heart practices in Brahma Vihara some people who uh ha- hadn't quite connected in a long time uh, as they have. So I'm so glad that that's, that's happened. Uh, If that's not your experience, just be with wherever you are. That's absolutely fine. But um, to know, we talk about kind awareness or loving awareness, kind attention, or that uh, wisdom and compassion, the two wings of, of the Garuda bird, faith and wisdom, the heart practices, that um, this is not just a an extra add-on, it really comes down to a a softening, an opening of the heart which takes us out of that dense sense of self into a, a connection with the world. We've all heard, I'm sure, the Dalai Lama saying, my religion is kindness. There's a reason that high being says it like that. And so um, I hope you find that the, the practices uh, are, are an important part of your practice in whatever way works for you. You know, that's... It's another thing, I'll just say a, a comment about if you don't connect with the formal metta practice, um, whatever way works for you that softens and opens your heart, this is your way. Uh, I don't think it's been mentioned here. Um, Analio's uh, way of, of practicing metta has it been mentioned? about the, about how he connected with it and the, the, the squirrels was that mentioned. So I'll just mention it just a little bit. Cause it was, it's been very helpful for me, uh, venerable Analio, this brilliant, heartful, um, practitioner and meditation master, really. He said he used to have such a hard time with Metta. He said, he's, he had he would be angry uh, by temperament and also he kind of um plays or, uh, around or, or it says you know kind of my my germanic uh culture doesn't bring out the the softness in, in the heart so um he was saying i used to have such a hard time with metta and i do the metta phrases and i just get would get angrier and angrier and he was in this Uh, period of practice in Sri Lanka, trying to do it and being in his, his kuti uh, and really working hard and just getting more frustrated. And one day he, he stepped out of his kuti and there were these two uh, baby squirrels, uh, young squirrels playing with each other, just rolling around, you know, as you can imagine young squirrels might do just being so playful and he looked at them and he's what came spontaneously out of him was oh they are so cute and then all of a sudden he he turned to his experience and he said oh this is meta this is it this is the real thing And that was his doorway to Metta. You won't find it in the Pali Canon, looking at squirrels. He said, that was what did it for me. And he would just think of those cute squirrels playing together and his heart just opened. So take that from the meditation master. Whatever works for you to soften and unlock your heart. And release that constriction of how am I doing or what will they think of me or can I do it or I'll never be able to and just let what wants to come through come through. That's your way. So I, I'll offer the equanimity practice in, in that spirit and with all of the Brahma I hope you take it in that spirit. So here we are at equanimity, and um, probably most of you have done equanimity practice before. So I'm I'm just kind of reminding us all a bit about it. If you've heard many teachings on it, it's always the last in all of the lists. It's the last of the seven factors of awakening. It's the last one in the Brahma Viharas as we're doing now. It's the, in the 10 paramis, uh, it's, the, it's the last in that list. The four uh, jhanas, absorption de- states, it's the last in that list. In the progress of insight, uh, the stages of awakening, it's the, it's the precursor to awakening, to enlightenment. It's the last in that list. It's the, it's the culmination of all of the practice that we do where the mind and the heart can be at peace and at ease with things just as they are. And in that opening, in that, non-contention with the moment, the heart can be free and, and awaken. We're practicing it every moment of mindfulness. We are practicing, whether we realize it or not, we're practicing equanimity. Because if you think of mindfulness as being present, not grasping at the pleasant, not pushing away the unpleasant and being here for the neither pleasant nor unpleasant as just as significant and sacred a moment to be present for. In every moment, that movement of the mind or the heart towards or away from when you're truly mindful You are with things as they are. So it's a natural development and you can consciously create it and invite it and deepen it as well. When we know Vedana, we are practicing equanimity instead of that... mm, reactive response. Oh, this is a pleasant moment. This is an unpleasant moment. Oh, it's just what's here now. And equanimity is not only finding peace with external situations, but it's equanimity with regard to all the mental formations that we are experiencing as well allowing for it all instead of oh I'll find peace when I stop being so angry ah can I find peace even within this anger mind state that's arisen and have equanimity with regard to that by not taking it so personally, or my sadness, or my uh, fear, to start to practice equanimity with regard to whatever is going on inside by not taking it personally. There's the freedom Whenever there's contraction, one can have space around that. There's equanimity right there, or at least approaching it. And as has been said, equanimity holds all the other Brahma-viharas. They can become too intense or getting lost in near or far enemies uh, without equanimity. When there's metta, if there's, if there's not equanimity, the metta can slip into attachment, the near enemy. And then we can become frustrated or annoyed at our attachment. And then it's the far enemy, aversion when there's compassion if there's not equanimity we can be overwhelmed with the caring as we tune into the suffering in the world as don so beautifully spoke of last night rather than tuning into the suffering that with equanimity we are not overwhelmed and we can tune into the caring heart that wants to respond And so it holds it as as the beautiful uh, figure of Kuan Yin. Sally held up her her Kuan Yin uh, Rupa statue, just answering the cries of the world with balance and presence. With joy, if there's not equanimity to hold it, it can become over-exuberance and you're spun out with the joy, you know, and it might feel good for a little while, but then you crash. It's exhausting or you want to hold on to it. Oh, I hope this doesn't end. But with equanimity, you experience it in a fuller way, in a deeper way, and you realize that, like everything, it comes and goes. So being, being here for it. The near enemy of equanimity, I think it's been mentioned, is indifference or uh, apathy. So there's a kind of not connecting because there's not, uh, a willingness to let your heart be touched. Equanimity uh, takes a lot of courage sometimes to be with things as they are and to learn a wise response of balance in the middle of it. I think of uh, equanimity, in the seven factors of enlightenment, there's mindfulness in the middle, and then there's the arousing factors, investigation and, and energy and, and joy. And then there's the stilling factors of calm, concentration and equanimity. And they're all in my, the way I hold it, they're all a quality of stillness. Calm is, is like a settled stillness. Just everything settles. And there's it's tranquil concentration is like a, a focused stillness where the the mind and the heart collect and unify and uh, is not bothered by other things. It's so still in that narrow or that unified focus of whatever it is that you're attending to. And equanimity is, I think of as a spacious stillness that just allows for it all allowing for it all, or as was so um, beautifully uh, mentioned in the, the, the question uh, period this morning, uh, just not resisting anything. There's space for it all. The, the classic phrases for equanimity are kind of uh, wordy for some. Uh, but they're very powerful and profound. You, you are, or I am, the owner of my karma, my happiness, unhappiness depends on my my actions, and I often put in my depends on my habits or my choices, um, not on my wishes. For things to go to go well, and the same, you are the owner of your your karma, the heir of your karma. Your happiness and unhappiness depends upon your actions, your choices, uh, not only on my wishes for you. And it might seem uh, both wordy or a bit cool removed but it's really profound to see, oh, it's not up to me to rescue the world. It's not up to me to take others pain away when I can't. Of course, if there's something you can do to help relieve suffering, that's, that's wonderful, but often there isn't. It's just up to me to care and to bring a sense of balance and openness to the situation. Just like when you're going through a stressful time. If somebody is saying, Oh, this is so terrible. This hurts me. So, Oh my, I'm, I'm tearing up seeing you in, in pain. How does that feel? Probably not so great. Then you got to take care of them, you know, but if somebody is saying, Oh, I see you're hurting, I just want you to know I care and i'm I'm right here with you. I'm right here for you. Their centeredness becomes a gift to you, so that equanimity becomes a transmission, just reminding oh i can I can find balance within this and uh just in case the word karma uh, trips you up, you it can be a very tricky thing. You know, oh, I am the heir of my karma. What did I do to deserve this? Don't go there. The, the Buddha said you can go crazy trying to understand why things happen. And not everything is attributable to karma. It's one of five different laws. But how it works is, whatever life is giving you in this moment, if you really take refuge in the Dharma, then this moment is here for your awakening and how you respond in this moment has a huge effect on subsequent moments. And if you can respond with wisdom and kindness and compassion and balance you are planting the seeds for, um, for happiness. If you respond with greed, hatred, or delusion, or uh, other, um, other different states, and you're off balance, you're, you can be sowing the seeds for more suffering. So it's how you meet this moment that really counts. And there are other, um, other phrases that one can use as well if that wordy one doesn't work for you. Um, Things are the way they are. Or as Ajahn Sumedho says in his pithy equanimity practice, it's like this this moment is like this, not why is this happening? Oh, this moment is like this for me to wake up to. Taking refuge in the Dharma or in relationship to others, I I honor your journey, I honor your life's journey I care about you, I wish you well, and I honor your journey. It's really saying that we all have our own lessons to learn. Think of all the, the lessons in your life that you've learned through the dukkha that you wouldn't have learned otherwise. They're all part of, as Ram Dass says, I've quoted it before, they're all part of your curriculum. And everything has brought you to this moment. Ah, it wouldn't have been the same. You wouldn't have learned the same lessons without those things and without you learning, even through your mistakes. And there are blessings, too. And they come and they go. And that's what life is about, opening up to the 10,000 joys and the 10,000 sorrows. Some other phrases that are on, on that sheet. Um, whether I understand it or not, things are unfolding according to a lawful nature. No matter how I might wish things to be otherwise, things are as they are. May I accept this just as it is. Or may I accept the conditions of my life with ease. Whatever works for you, sometimes I'll say, may I have balance in this moment? And just calling on it, evoking it, it's amazing how the mind can just create a reality, particularly if you're not commanding it to. May this arise. May balance be here. Just to remember that as a possibility can um, evoke that. So we'll, we'll practice the equanimity uh, meditation now. And um, something that I invite you to do, it's a little bit uh, different given our situation. The, the equanimity practice usually starts with the neutral person. Just like the, the compassion practice, classically, you start with somebody who is in suffering. And the mudita practice, you classically start with somebody who is experiencing happiness and joy. and the equanimity practice, the neutral person, where you don't have much charge one way or another, uh, is, is a good place to start you're not so invested, and you can practice a little in that way. Now, you can either think of someone in your life who you have very little um, charge one way or another, maybe a neighbor or somebody you see in your neighborhood or somebody at work that you, you haven't really invested too much one way or another, or Uh, Zoom allows us to do it in a very simple way. If you'd like, you can take a look at your screen and look at somebody on your screen who you haven't really had much of a response one way or another. They can be your new love object or equanimity object, I should say your new Brahma heart practice object. You can, if you'd like, spotlight them. If you, uh, I think you can, is that possible to to spotlight? Or you can at least focus on them. I'm not sure if you have that capacity, Um, but just pick someone, if you'd like, who is there on the screen, who you haven't really noticed that much. And we can practice equanimity starting with them and then we can go to the other categories the are uh, people we care about people we have difficulty with etc cetera, etc cetera. so just uh, that's what i'm doing now and the cool thing about zoom is nobody knows right it's kind of like uh 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 Brahma-vihara stalking practice, but in, in, a, in a benevolent way, right? Because mm-hmm. you're extending good wishes and cultivating your open heart with them. And uh, just looking at this being in front of you. and just reflect this person that you're looking at that you haven't had much contact or thought of before we'll do a little bit of of each brahma vihara and then looking up to uh towards equanimity okay first looking at this person and imagining all of their their beautiful qualities that life has given them. And just wishing them well, may may you be happy and having all the, the intention for all of their beautiful qualities to arise and they can experience happiness. May you be happy. And if you'd like, you can just go inside and and feel that quality. We can do all four working up to equanimity. And there's there's metta right there. Mm. Notice that feeling, just wishing someone well. Okay, you can take a breath and open your eyes once again and looking at it through a different lens. This person that you're looking at has known sorrow in their life, has known loss, has known fear, has had tears. This person has known suffering And as you reflect on that, just notice the heart responding. Oh, I care about your suffering right now. Or may you be free of suffering. Or may you hold the suffering in your life with compassion, whatever words, as you reflect on their, their sadness and their sorrow And tune into that heart that cares, the sublime state of caring. This is Karuna. If you like, you can go inside and let yourself feel that. And if you like, you can take another breath, a deep breath. And now, once again, look through another lens. This person has known laughter and joy and happiness and success. This person has known happiness in their life and just delighting in that. Imagining them smiling and cheering and delighting. And just extend that thought. Oh, may your happiness continue. May your happiness grow. May it continue and grow. And then again, you can just reflect and go inside and feel the quality of mudita. You know, we can take one more nice breath, and now we'll get to equanimity This person has known sorrow and joy, has learned the lessons that they they need to learn in their life. And as you see them in that way letting go of needing to change anything about their unfolding and tell them the news. Oh, you are the heir of your karma. Your happiness, unhappiness depends on your actions, not on my wishes for you. And still caring, but just release yourself from feeling it's up to you to rescue or fix. Just allow them to have their own life journey. I honor your journey. And as you're doing that, have a sense of balance within yourself that just allows. You are the owner of your karma, your happiness, unhappiness, depends on your actions, habits, and choices, not on my wishes for you. Still feeling a connection and a caring that's held with balance and equanimity. like Kuan Yin, caring and balanced. And now, if you'd like, we can practice this with others in your life who you might have more of a charge one way or another with. Just come back to yourself first, and perhaps bring to mind some someone who you care about. It could be a a benefactor or a a dear friend, a a loved one. And as you bring them to mind, first feel that connection and how you do care about them. Whether it's metta or compassion or or mudita at this moment just for first feeling the connection and then let that connection be held in this spirit this attitude of upeka Equanimity. Letting go of your agenda. Allowing them to have just the life that's supposed to be unfolding for them. and if you can have an image of them just hold that caring in that spaciousness that allows you are the owner of your karma your happiness And unhappiness depends on your actions, your habits, your choices, not just on my wishes for you. I honor your journey. I care about you and may you be balanced through your unfolding. See if you can sense what it's like to let go of the agenda and feel that connection without any kind of attachment getting in the way. Then it becomes pure meta. in that spaciousness. Just allowing. If you can get a sense of the, the, the ease and the, relaxation. Things are as they are. I honor your journey. letting them have the lessons that they need to learn from their joys and their sorrows, their ups and downs. letting go of the control that you never really had in the first place. Love and the caring is still there. You just don't have to complicate it with an agenda. When there's not much that you can you can do. Just I honor your I honor your journey. I I honor your life. Now we can experiment with uh, the difficult category, with somebody who can be difficult for you. Whether it's somebody you know well, maybe even that you're close with, or somebody who there's some history or contention, or you're just... on different wavelengths, or somebody who there's real anger. Don't pick the hardest one. Somebody who can activate you, or maybe somebody that you don't know personally, who, uh, who has that effect on you. Let's practice equanimity with them. Advanced equanimity. And again, see this person having their own karmic unfolding. Whether or not they learn all their lessons in this lifetime. Let go of the contraction of the reaction to them and see that they have their own karmic unfolding whether it's this lifetime or the next and hopefully they'll learn the lessons they need to learn you are the owner of your karma Your actions, your happiness and unhappiness depends on your actions and choices, not on my wishes for you. Say it with a caring heart if you can with a a sense that uh, they will learn what they need to learn, whether it's this lifetime or in future lifetimes, if you can relate to that. Or if there's someone who causes harm or suffering, just imagine what might be going on in their mind and heart. You are the owner of your karma Your happiness, unhappiness depends on your actions. Not on my wishes for you. It's okay for there to be goodwill in this practice. You can still wish the best for them, but release your own reaction that contracts you as well as any ill will that you might have. I honor your journey. Okay, you might take a nice breath. And now we can extend this to all beings. And get a sense that all beings have their own karmic unfolding. And let the goodwill be held with that equanimity Things are as they are. All beings are owners of their karma. Their happiness, unhappiness depends on their actions and habits and choices, not on my wishes for them. Sensing the lawful unfolding nature moving through us all. Things are as they are. and just for the next few minutes you can continue the equanimity practice in whatever way it works for you or if you like just resting in the in the silence And just in the last minute or so, uh, extending equanimity to yourself for whatever your experience is, whatever mind states or mental formations. or body experiences or reactions. Things are as they are. May I have balance as I go through my life and hold experience with wisdom kindness and equanimity.